This month, I'd like to look at the South African Jesus film, Chisley, or Son of Man. The film is due for a limited release in the UK next month, followed swiftly by a DVD release, and hopefully it will have a run in North America shortly as well. It's been said many times that Jesus didn't just arrive on earth simply as a man, but that he came to first century Judea as a first century Jewish man. Over the centuries, that specific incarnation has given artists of every age and race scope to bring Jesus to their people in their own skin and culture. Mark Dornford May's Son of Man, which sets the Jesus story in the context of a modern African township, is a recent addition to this rich history, and the first time such a recontextualization has been attempted in a film from outside America. There are three major challenges to such a project. Firstly, the actor playing Jesus has to be engaging and believable in the role, and this gets harder as the actor's looks move further away from the disappointingly popular Anglo-Saxon stereotype, replete with floaty white robes, long hair and a beard. Andale Kosi, who plays Jesus, is almost the polar opposite of that stereotype, a short-haired, clean-shaven, black African dressed in jeans and a checked shirt. Yet is it easier to relate to him in the role, not simply because he is the one doing the talking, but because he effortlessly blends strength and compassion and an easy-going nature with a compelling, passionate personality. Secondly, the film has to draw creative and, more importantly, credible representations of the key figures and events of the original story. If these don't ring true, or they feel too simulated, the whole project comes off as contrived. The creativity and initiative shown here is truly impressive, managing to both embody the biblical narratives whilst also tearing through pious and kitsch tradition. The healing of a paralytic lowered through a roof feels far more natural than it ever did in any telling of this story set in the first century. Likewise, Herod's slaughter of the infants is brought uncomfortably close to home, creating fear and tension, even though we know Jesus' survival is assured. Son of Man also breathes new life into over-familiar Bible characters. The shepherds are mere boys, as are the angels who appear to them. The disciples are drawn from both peaceful men and women, and from freedom fighters who are challenged to lay down their weapons as well as their lives. Following from on th from this is the difficult third area, namely that Jesus has to have something tangible to oppose that resonates with the film's audience. Godspell, for example, fizzles out just when the story should be starting to get interesting, simply because there is no obvious opponent. When it comes to his big confrontational, all they can find in Godspell to oppose him is a poorly made robot. Here, however, the enemy is far more real. The backdrop of politics and corruption that leaves millions living in tin shacks around many African cities is something one cannot help but imagine that Jesus would oppose were he around today. And it's not hard to imagine that those who benefit from this state of affairs would want to destroy anyone who threatens such a profitable status quo. Pilate's troops masquerade as agents of peace from a neighbouring country maintaining their power by manipulating local gangland leaders Caiaphas and Annas. Finally, the film has to work well as a film, 
as in this area particularly that has seen the film gain such strong praise. While Dornford May primarily has a background in theatre, he has quickly adjusted to his new medium. He uses a variety of techniques to bring the film that bit closer to modern viewers, including shooting some of the film's narration in the style of news footage, and showing other scenes, in particular the supernatural elements, as shot through a camcorder. That said, he blends them well with more naturalistic and intimate footage to prevent those things becoming gimmicky, or the film becoming too much of a documentary. Dornford May also allows the camera to dwell on the incredible scenery that surrounds the townships, comparing the beauty of God's creation with the unsightly shacks that humanity has left some of its members to live in. One of the other things Dornford May attempts is reinventing key works of Christian painting. So early on we see Jesus as a child sat on Mary's knee wearing a party hat crown. The film dwells on this motionless scene for several seconds. Likewise, after Jesus' death, Mary, who is played by the director's wife and co-writer Pauline Melifane, holds his body in the traditional pieta pose. Only here they are on the back of a truck driving along the road. The film also comments on the way Jesus' activity was recorded and preserved for a wider audience. As noted above, Jesus' miracles are recorded on a camcorder by Judas and uses evidence against him. Conversely, Jesus' actions start to be recorded and celebrated in murals on walls in the townships, disseminating the story about him to, into accessible picture language and announcing them to a wider audience. As a result, Jesus' popularity grows and he begins to pose more of a threat to those in power. The most inventive period of reinterpretation in the film, however, is the events of Jesus' final week. In order to create a credible scenario and to fashion the most compelling message for its audience, Dornford May moulds the arrest and death of Jesus into that of modern African minority resistance leaders. So the narrative departs from the biblical order of events as early as the triumphal entry. Immediately afterwards, Jesus meets with Caiaphas and Annas in the parallel of the Sanhedrin trial scenes. Pilate then meets with the elders and agrees to turn a blind eye to their actions regarding Jesus, washing his hands in the process. The film then moves to the Last Supper and Gethsemane and Jesus' arrest. However, when it comes to Jesus being mocked and whipped, he's actually beaten into a coma before being placed into a grave and shot. In other words, Jesus, like so many anti-apartheid leaders that would come after him, is beaten to death and buried in a shallow grave. At the start of the apartheid era, there was a South African taboo against showing the bodies of their dead. Eventually, however, the families of those murdered in custody began to break this taboo. By displaying the bodies of their loved ones for all to see, they were able to show that their loved ones had not simply had an unfortunate accident, as was often claimed, but had clearly been murdered. So in this film we find that when Jesus' mother learns where his body is, she releases him from the grave, which is, I suppose, a resurrection of sorts, and displays his body on a cross in the spirit of this anti-apartheid tradition. Christian theology is often held that the cross declares to the spiritual powers that their days are numbered, 
This crucifixion makes a similar declaration to the corrupt political powers. Lastly, we see Jesus climbing a hill with a host of the feathered angel boys, a scene of ascension. The result is an iconic yet modernised depiction of the events of Christ's death, which relies on visual and thematic similarities for its points of comparison, rather than strict adherence to the original narratives. It's a very political end to a very politically charged version of the Christ story. Whilst the film has no real doubts about Jesus' divinity, showing a number of miracles, prayers and confrontations with Satan, it's the political aspect of Jesus' brief time on earth that is of most concern. Many European and American Christians, living in a culture where religion and theology have become almost totally separated, will not be entirely comfortable with this. Yet Jesus' core belief in this film is that this is my world a statement that is both political and theological. When the early Christians claimed Jesus was king and lord of all the world, they also meant that therefore Caesar wasn't. Such radical political statements lie at the heart of Son of Man, and we ignore them at our peril. Thanks for listening. There will be another Jesus Films podcast next week.